Good morning, One Ship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference Call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we are reading Chapter 30, Section 7, The Justification for Forgiveness, Paragraphs 70 through 81. You can access an original edition on your device by going to jcim.net, and if you will look through all the links on the homepage there, you will see original edition. So, Reverend Regis, do we have any updates that you want to tell us about the site? Uh, nope, not at this point. It's going, the sale is going really well, and we're really happy with that. Um, but I think, I think that's it. Um, I think we're all set. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, thank you. Okay, so you, we gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each paragraph twice slowly until we are finished with our day's reading assignment. And at that time, we open up the call for sharing. When we share, we say our names, and when we're finished, we let everyone know by saying, I am complete. We invite our daily workbook lesson. It's 3.20 today. My Father gives all power unto me. And finally, we ask that you mute your own uh, phone with your own device unless you are speaking and let's see at this time um, the reading order is Lee who's going to take over the call Ida Carl and Reverend Rija and listening we have Bryce Sharon Paula Rayla and Fran so at this time I turn the call over to Reverend Rija and wish you all a blessed day thank you so much Chris we all wish you well take care hon Okay, we'll begin our time together by drawing within. We'll close our eyes. We'll relax. It's a perfect time as we begin our communion to recall our lesson for today. It's a tool we have always right there at our fingertips to help us in our in our day, in every moment. Our lesson today is, My Father gives all power unto me. It tells us the Son of God is limitless. There are no limits on His strength, His peace, His joy, or any attributes His Father gave in His creation. Unquote. Whenever I refer to myself in any way, and I say, I, this and I, that. Who am I referring to? I might want to ask this question all the time when I say I can't do this or I can't do this. I wish this were different or that were different. Who is the I that I'm referring to? The lesson tells us what he wills, small age, what he wills with his creator and redeemer must be done. What I will along with my Creator, must be done. That is the key. I might ask, what is love's will? The lesson says, His holy will can never be denied because His Father shines upon His mind and lays before it all strength and love in earth and heaven. I depend on my limited will stemming from a separate self and wonder why I am deceived. It is the holy will that shines upon my mind and has all the strength I could ever want that is real. 
The lesson says, I am he to whom all this is given. I am he in whom the power of my Father's will abides. And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, your will can do all things in me and then extend to all the world as well through me. There is no limit on your will. And so all power has been given to your Son. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Have we had others join the call that would like to announce that you're here or join the reading list? Uh, this is Mary. I can read. Good morning, Mary. Thank you. Anyone else? It's Josie. I'm a, I'm a potential jump-in reader. Okay. I'll set you... Are you able to read early? Uh, I could. Why don't I put you at the front of the list, Josie? Okay. Anyone else? Okay, so our reading list is um, Ida, or I'm sorry, Josie, Ida, Carl, Reverend Regia, and Mary. And listening this morning, we have Bryce, Sharon, Paula, Fran, and Rayla. So chapter 30, The New Beginning, section 7, The Justification for Forgiveness, paragraph 70. Anger is never justified. Attack has no foundation. It is here escape from fear begins and will be made complete. Here is the real world given in exchange for dreams of terror. For it is on this forgiveness rests and is but natural. You are not asked to offer pardon where attack is due and would be justified. For this would mean that you forgive a sin by overlooking what is really there. This is not pardon, for it would assume that by responding in a way which is not justified, your pardon will become the answer to attack that has been made. And thus is pardon inappropriate by being granted where it is not due. Ida, 70 and 71, please. Forgive me, Josie, 70 and 71, please. Anger is never justified. Attack has no foundation. It is here escape from fear begins and will be made complete. Here is the real world given in exchange for dreams of terror. For it is on this forgiveness rest and is but natural. You are not asked to offer pardon where attack is due and would be justified. For this would mean that you forgive a sin by overlooking what is really there. This is not pardon. For it would assume that by responding in a way which is justified, your pardon will be answered to attack that has been made. And thus is pardon inappropriate by being granted where it is not due. Pardon 
is always justified. It has a sure foundation. Do not forgive the unforgivable, nor overlook a real attack that calls for punishment. Salvation does not lie in being asked to make unnatural responses which are inappropriate to what is real. Instead, it merely asks that you respond appropriately to what is not real by not perceiving what has not occurred. If pardon were unjustified, you would be asked to sacrifice your rights when you return forgiveness for attack, but you are merely asked to see forgiveness as the natural reaction to distress, which rests on error and thus calls for help. Forgiveness is the only sane response. It keeps your rights from being sacrificed. Thank you, Josie. Ida, 71 and 72, please. Pardon is always justified. It has a sure foundation. You do not forgive the unforgivable, nor overlook a real attack that calls for punishment. Salvation does not lie in being asked to make unnatural responses, which are inappropriate to what is real. Instead, it merely asks that you respond appropriately to what is not real by not perceiving what has not occurred. If pardon were unjustified, you would be asked to sacrifice your rights when you return forgiveness for attack. But you are merely asked to see forgiveness as a natural reaction to distress, which rests on error and thus calls for help. Forgiveness is the only sane response. It keeps your rights from being sacrificed. So me too. This understanding is the only change that lets the real world rise to take the place of dreams of terror. Fear cannot arise unless attack is justified. And if it had a real foundation, pardon would have none. The real world is achieved when you perceive the basis of forgiveness is quite real and fully justified. While you regard it as a gift unwarranted, it must uphold the guilt you would, quote, forgive. Unjustified forgiveness is attack. And this is all the world can ever give. It pardons, quote, sinners sometimes, but remains aware that they have sinned. And so they do not merit the forgiveness that it gives. Thank you, Ida. Carl. 72 and 73, please. This understanding is the only change that lets the real world rise to take the place of dreams of terror. Fear cannot arise unless attack is justified, and if it had a real foundation, pardon would have none. The real, the real world is achieved when you perceive the basis of forgiveness is, is quite real and fully justified. While you regard it as a gift unwarranted, it must uphold the guilt you would forgive. Unjustified forgiveness is attack, and this is all the world can ever give. It pardons sinners, sometimes, 
but remains aware that they have sinned, and so they do not merit the forgiveness that it gives. 73. This is the false forgiveness which the world employs to keep the sense of sin alive. And recognizing God is just, it seems impossible his pardon could be real. Thus is the fear of God the sure result of seeing pardon as unmerited. No one who sees himself as guilty can avoid the fear of God, but he is saved from this dilemma if he can forgive. The mind must think of its creator as it looks upon itself. If you can see your brother merits pardon, you have learned forgiveness as your right as much as his. Nor will you think that God intends for you a fearful judgment which your brother does not merit. For it is the truth that you can merit neither more nor less than he. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. Reverend Regia, 73 and 74, please. Okay, 73. This is the false forgiveness which the world employs to keep the sense of sin alive. And recognizing God is just, it seems impossible his pardon could be real. Thus, is the fear of God the sure result of seeing pardon as unmerited? No one who sees himself as guilty can avoid the fear of God, but he is saved from this dilemma if he can forgive. The mind must think of its creator as it looks upon itself. If you see your brother merits pardon, you have learned forgiveness is your right as much as his. Nor will you think that God intends for you a fearful judgment, which your brother does not merit. For it is the truth that you can merit neither more nor less than he. 74. Forgiveness recognized as merited will heal. It gives the miracle its strength to it gives the miracle its strength to overlook illusions. This is how you learn that you must be forgiven too. There can be no appearance that can not be overlooked. For if there were, it would be necessary first there be some sin which stands beyond forgiveness. There would be an error that is more than a mistake, a special form of error which remains unchangeable, eternal, and beyond correction or escape. There would be one mistake which had the power to undo creation and to make a world which could replace it and destroy the will of God. Only if this were possible, could there be some appearances which could withstand the miracle and not be healed by it? Thanks, Reverend Regia. Mary, 74 and 75, please. Forgiveness recognized as merited will heal. It gives the miracle its strength to overlook illusions. This is how you learn that you must be forgiven too. There can be no appearance that cannot be overlooked. For if there were, it would be necessary first there be some sin which stands beyond forgiveness. There would be an error that is more than a mistake, a special form of error which remains unchangeable, external, and beyond correction or escape. There would be one mistake 
which had the power to undo creation and to make a world which could replace it and destroy the will of God. Only if this were possible could there be some appearances which could withstand the miracle and not be healed by it. 75. There is no sure proof idolatry is what you wish than a belief there are some forms of sickness and of joylessness forgiveness cannot heal. This means that you prefer to keep some idols and are not prepared as yet to let all idols go. And thus you think that some appearances are real and not appearances at all. Be not deceived about the meaning of a fixed belief that some appearances are harder to look past than others are. It always means you think forgiveness must be limited. And you have set a goal of partial pardon and a limited escape from guilt for you. What can this be except a false forgiveness of yourself and everyone who seems apart from you? Thank you, Mary. Do we have a new reader, please, for 75 and 76? I can read, please. This is Fran. Great. Thanks, Fran. 75. There is no sure proof idolatry is what you wish than a belief there are some forms of sickness and of joylessness forgiveness cannot heal. This means that you prefer to keep some idols and are not prepared as yet to let all idols go. Unless you think that some appearances are real and not appearances at all. Be not deceived about the meaning of a fixed belief that some appearances are harder to look past than others are. It always means you think forgiveness must be limited. And you have set a goal of partial pardon and a limited escape from guilt for you. What can this be except a false forgiveness of yourself and everyone who seems apart from you? 76. It must be true, the miracle can heal all forms of sickness, or it cannot heal. Its purpose cannot be to judge which forms are real and which appearances are true. If one appearance must remain apart from healing, one illusion must be part of truth. And you cannot escape all guilt, but only some of it. You must forgive God's Son entirely or you will keep an image of yourself that is not whole and will remain afraid to look within and find escape from every idol there. Salvation rests on faith. There cannot be some forms of guilt which you cannot forgive. And so there cannot be appearances which have replaced the truth about God's Son. Thank you, Fran. We have a new reader, please, for 76 and 77. Okay, Josie, uh, if you can read again, uh, 76 and 77, please. Okay, 76. 
It must be true the miracle can heal all forms of sickness or it cannot heal. Its purpose cannot be to judge which, which forms are real and which appearances are true. If one appearance must remain apart from healing, one illusion must be part of truth. And you could not escape all guilt, but only some of it. You must forgive God's Son entirely, or you will keep an image of yourself that is not whole and will, will remain afraid to look within and find escape from every idol there. Salvation rests on faith, and there cannot be some forms of guilt which you cannot forgive. And so, there cannot be appearances which have replaced the truth about God's Son. 77. Look on your brother with the willingness to see him as he is, and not keep apart your willingness that he be healed. To heal is to make whole. And what is whole can have no missing parts that have been kept outside. Forgiveness rests on recognizing this and being glad that there cannot be some forms of sickness which the miracle must lack the power to heal. Thank you, Josie. Ida, 77, 78, and 79, thank um Please. Look on your brother with the willingness to see him as he is, and do not keep a part of him outside your willingness that he be healed. To heal is to make whole, and what is whole can have no missing parts that have been kept outside. Forgiveness rests on recognizing this, and being glad there cannot be some forms of sickness which the miracle must lack the power to heal. 78. God's Son is perfect, or he cannot be God's Son. Nor will you know him if you think he does not merit the escape from guilt in all its forms and all its consequence. There is no way to think of him but this, if you would know the truth about yourself. 79. I thank you, Father for your perfect son, and in his glory will I see my own. Thank you, Ida. Carl, 78, 79, and 80, please. God's son is perfect, or he cannot be God's son. Nor will you know him if you think he does not merit the escape from guilt in all its forms, in all its consequence. There is no way to think of him but this, if you would know the truth about yourself. I thank you, Father, for your perfect Son, and in his glory will I see my own. Here is the joyful statement that there are no forms of e evil which can overcome the will of God. The glad acknowledgement that guilt has not, has not succeeded by your wish to make illusions real. And what is this except a simple statement of truth? 
Thanks, Carl. Reverend Regia, paragraph 80 and 81, please. Thank you, 80. Um, here is the joyful statement that there are no forms of evil which can overcome the will of God. The glad acknowledgement that guilt has not succeeded by your wish to make illusions real. And what is this except a simple statement of the truth? 81. Look, look on your brother with this hope in you. You will understand he could not make an error that could change the truth in him. It is not difficult to overlook mistakes that have been given no effects. But what you see as having power to make an idol of the Son of God, you will not pardon. For he has become to you a graven image and a sign of death. Is this your Savior? Is his father wrong about his son? Or have you been deceived in him who has been given you to heal for your salvation and deliverance? Thank you, Reverend Rejah. Do we have anyone that has not read who'd like to read 81, please? Okay, 81. Look on your brother with this hope in you, and you will understand he could not make an error that could change the truth in him. It is not difficult to overlook mistakes that have been given no effects. But what you see is having power to make an idol of the Son of God, you will not pardon. For he has become to you a graven image and a sign of death. Is this your Savior? Is his father wrong about his son? Or have you been deceived in him who has been given you to heal for your salvation and deliverance? The floor is open. Uh, this is Reverend Maria Choi. And when I, when I was preparing the early mailing that goes out the day before, and I was reading this section, uh, I was uh, com completely blown away how apropos in light of the occurrences in, uh, over the weekend in Paris. And uh, it, it helped me especially look at 81, and I had the pleasure of reading that. Uh, you know, uh, look on your brother with this hope in you, and you'll understand he could not make an error that could change the truth in him. Every brother, any brother, could not make an error that would ever change the truth in him. He's in error, yes, if he believes he is separate and can attack, that he is not the But this doesn't change that fact. And it's not difficult to overlook mistakes that have been given no effects. What has effect? Who he is, who we are. We are not a body we are eternal. Nothing has changed. Nothing has been affected. It's all mm, for our awakening. I invite everyone to read Sarah's Reflections for tomorrow. Uh, and it'll be up on our website um, shortly. I always put, uh, I try to put tomorrow's information for those who are living on the other side of the planet. And when you read that, it's it's very, very powerful because that it it brings this whole notion home that these mistakes have no effects. Uh, it's uh, 
He said, but what you see as having power to make an idol of the Son of God, you will not pardon. Look how we don't pardon what has happened. Oh, well, some of us don't. Um, we think it's unpardonable. It's not justified. Look at this whole thing, forgiveness, the justification for forgiveness. <laughs> it's fully just. Pardon is always justified. It's anger that is not. Condemnation is not. And then, is his father wrong about his son? Who is his son? There's no one excluded. No one. We are all sons of God. And so, uh, thank, thank you. I wanted to share that. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Thank, yeah. thank you, Reverend Rachel. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Regia. This is Ida. I've been feeling the guilt a little bit recently. And I'm trying to think of something I did which made me feel that. And I don't remember anything. So it is that, of course, it's the guilt that they talk about here. That is just basically from the belief that we are separate, that I am separate from the rest of God's son, and I am separate from God, which neither of those things is true. And it's not a comfortable feeling, but it's good that it's coming up now for me to feel what I feel I can heal. And doing this is perfect, of course. Of course, in miracles, I still say, you know, that's where the term, of course, came from. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. It's Lee. He doesn't leave any wiggle room for he does for us, does he? In this assertion that um, that innocence is always the case, he states it so affirmatively in the first two sentences of both the first and second paragraph here. Anger is never justified. Attack has no foundation. Pardon is always justified. It has a sure foundation. So he'll work in this section um, in, in what I believe to be the most uh, powerful assertion as to what's behind um, the entire notion of forgiveness uh, to be found anywhere in the Course. Even these first two paragraphs are as powerful um, an explanation of the difference between the world's idea of forgiveness and this radical forgiveness that the Course is bringing me to. Um, I think they're as I think. Well, I can. I think they're just. Uh, they're more powerful than any other two paragraphs in the Course to describe what forgiveness is and how it differs from the world's notion of forgiveness. And this whole section really lays that out for us. What he achieves in this section is the introduction to the idea that I have a place in me that is able to look on what I had seen as attack and condemnable behavior, a place in me that can look on that and look past the appearance and touch in with an understanding that what I see are innocent actors, innocent sons of God, whose behavior, no matter how extreme, is misguided. 
if I can penetrate past my abhorrence, my recoiling, my automatic condemnation of certain kinds of behavior, then and penetrate to the fact that it's an innocent son of God who is misguided, that will always allow me to touch into the love beneath the outer appearance of behavior and recognize that in his misbehavior, in this misguided action, there is the expression of distress. And that expression of distress calls to me to extend help instead of condemnation. That's so very powerful to make it clear to me that there's a part of me aligned with my right mind whose Holy Spirit's function to acquaint me with that has the power to penetrate past appearances and to see the love beneath the hate, to see the peace beneath the appearance of conflict, and to recognize that the ego has taught me never to penetrate past the appearance. I've been taught by the world to just be at ease with the fact that when an action occurs in my world, that seems to threaten myself or others, that I'm correct in um, interpreting that behavior as an attack that warrants condemnation and anger. But this new place in me is a place that neutralizes my belief in attack. Not only does it neutralize what has been my automatic tendency to respond in some way with an attack of my own in response to attack, remembering that even condemnation of a brother is to attack him. Not only have I been inclined to attack in return, but um, I have been inclined by the world to see that initial action, that initial error, to see it as a charged event that I have called attack. Now he's bringing me to a place that is able to undo my belief in that estimation of that action or that behavior, that circumstance or that event. I'm able to go to the heart of my belief that certain actions are not misguided behaviors but are actually attacks and question that and challenge that. What would happen if I were resting in a place within my mind, within my heart, that could be ready at all times to penetrate beneath appearance to the innocence of the parties? I so agree, Reverend Regia, the, the timing of this in relation to the Paris attacks and the unequivocal nature of what he says is so, is just um, uh, so amazing. So we have in front of us the greatest challenge to the idea that he puts in the last part of this section that says, hmm, well, I won't be able to find it. It says essentially that there are no actions any son of God can ever perform that affect his innocence. And that's not 
that's not a um, a lofty notion uh, that has no um, practical benefit or application. It's his call to me to recognize innocence is what is true and everything that I would have believed justified my condemnation of a brother as guilty and no longer innocent is an error of interpretation in my mind, an error directed at what I can and have the ability to see always as misdirected, misguided behavior. What a challenge it is. I mean, what a challenge it is. But he wants me to search out where do I feel some behavior crosses the line and I'm unable to call it misguided any longer? Where does some behavior cross the line and become evil? And is my belief that some behavior is evil, does it amount to my belief that some behavior is sinful? It's a new definition of sin that he's given me now. Sin is everything I think cannot possibly be a misguided behavior. Sin is everything I believe makes the actor somehow now no longer innocent. The Son of God is guilty or he is innocent. One or the other is true, but the one thing that's impossible is that both be so. Each of us is always fully innocent or we're conditionally innocent. And I don't think the Course allows for conditional innocence. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Lee. This is Bryce. Uh, something's really dawning on me that there is this dream <clears throat> um, that uh, the Son of God experienced, and I still do on occasion in this dream of a world where there is a mistake that I could make that could separate me. Or there's a sin that someone else could make that could separate them, and that is nothing but a dream. It has no actual cause ever. It is complete illusion. And every time I get caught up in that dream, I'm dreaming that there is some sin, some error that is worthy of attack. And is that not what is the cause of all insane behavior at its root? It's just a dream in the soul of my brother if he seems to be appearing in madness. If I don't see it as just a dream in my brother's mind, as it would be in mine if I were to judge it, then I can never be saved. 
because this insanity is a dream. It's a dream of a false universe that simply does not exist except in the minds of those who imagine it. It is a mad idea. So it's never worse condemnation to judge a dream. A dream. So if I'm seeing any effects of a dream, they're going to always be in the past. I cannot see this dream as reality unless I'm dreaming it also. As soon as I awaken to understand that it is a dream that's happening in me that would cause me to judge a dream, I experience grace. I experience a true understanding that there's never a real cause to bad behavior but a dream. I'm complete. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. I, I have this Josie. I have a question. Just how does this look in real? How does pardon look in real life? A man is in the theater, the concert hall. He's shooting people. Dirty are already killed. And and what are the What are the? I need a reminder about what are the actions that pardon would look like in the world of form to subdue that person. How, how would that look, um, if, if anybody can say? Thank you. Josie, the idea of, of pardon and forgiveness, which are interchangeable, by the way, to me, right, in case, I mean, I used to wonder how is pardon different from forgiveness. I don't think um, they differ at all. The idea of pardon in relation to, uh, to um, that order of violence doesn't ask that I not respond to the violence in a way that provides for everyone's safety. It, you know, it doesn't ask that I leave my body and imagine nothing's happening. It keeps me in the face of an act from responding to my training that throws me into condemnation of the actor. That's the only difference. To me. So, in a real world setting, if you're asking how would we respond um, to a threat, um, would we direct that the person be um, shown out the door and sent on his way um, rather than um, um, put into some kind of custody and, and, uh, and, re and removed as a threat? Um, to my mind, the Course only is working with whether my response to a person's behavior directs me to condemn the person, and, and which of course is the nature of holding these terrible grievances and that same con condemnation directed back at myself for misbehavior of mine is the basis for my terrible guilt and regrets. So it's a, it's a mind training that just directs me to a different part 
of a capacity for a loving response that releases both the actor and myself from that terrible, dark place of grievance and condemnation. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. This is Reverend Rita Joy. In the, in the thanks so much. That was awesome, and uh, it brought to mind when you shared Lee um, the part in the course where he said about uh, remember he he talks about taking scissors away from a, a baby, and uh, we the baby is going to be hurt uh, because he's uh, a little bit ignorant of the of the power of scissors, and so but it's not uh, the baby is still innocent. He's still the child of God. We just need to take the scissors away so we don't condemn the baby. I, I found in um, tomorrow, there's so much in, in Sarah's reflections, but I found this one paragraph I'd like to share. Uh, she said, we can be an example of the choice we have made and recognize our brother's sleep is still a sleep of innocence in spite of the behavior being exhibited. Every step in the journey is still perfect for leading everyone to the place where they will ultimately make the choice for truth. Thus, we need not judge anyone, but trust all things exactly as they are. Our job is to focus on what is going on in our own minds. Quote, and she quotes, and it's awesome because tomorrow we're in what is creation. And she quotes this from that special topic. It's uh, paragraph four. It looks like paragraph four. Um, Line six in the FIP, uh, Foundation for Inner Peace. Let our function be only to let this memory return, only to let God's will be done on earth, only to be restored to sanity, and to be but as God created us. That's our function. Thank you. And complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Reverend Rita. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rita. This is Ida. Correct me if I'm wrong. What I am getting about this seems to be something that I've never thought of before. I'm glad for the questions. This is the way I interpret it, that the forgiveness, the pardon, is in our attitude, our feelings toward the person that seems to be uh, guilty. So that means that if that person came into the movie theater and kill people, he or she would still be taken off to jail or arrested. But it's simply that we wouldn't have the, the, the hatred towards them because we would re- realize it is a cry for help, a cry for love. And so um, that's how it would go. We would still have like a criminal justice system in this country or whatever, but our attitude and our feelings would change. Uh, is that how you all are taking it? Uh, thank you. I'm complete. Yes. <laughs> yes, for me, from Reverend Rita Choi. Thank you, Ida. That was well put. I, that, I totally yeah. agree. Thank you. That was really put well, Ida. Thank you. This is Brandon. It's a little loud here, but I got to the same point today, and I was thinking, wow, is this a new part to the thought system for me, that everything is forgivable? Amazing. Thanks. I'm complete. 
its leave, there's one place further he takes us in this reading. And, and um, anytime he mentions the real world, I do sit up and take notice. And what he tells me in this section, if you search out the references to real world, he tells me that what stands between the real world and my awareness is my unforgiveness. And that's all that stands between the real world and my awareness. How much do I want to know what he describes as the real world? How willing am I to search out all the unforgiveness that I hold in my heart? Unforgiveness toward the past, toward those in the past that I can't let go, that I find so, so difficult to see innocent despite uh, the actions that I feel wounded or harmed or betrayed by. How willing am I to search out all the unforgiveness in my heart? How willing am I to go right to the heart of my value system that says some acts, I'm sorry, are unforgivable? I'll get around to it one day and I'll try to move past, I'll try to heal, I'll try not to hold an active anger, but I won't release my notion that the act was condemnable. And he wants me to release that central belief that some actions are condemnable because he says the implication is you believe you're condemnable by your father so you fear God. You believe your brothers are condemnable by their actions so you cannot see their innocence. And the only way I'll see my innocence is by recognizing yours. And I can't know your innocence until I assign it completely and unconditionally. You're unconditionally innocent. When I come to a place, he says, where that order of forgiveness is invited into my heart, the result is that what stood between the real world and my awareness begins to be lifted. And I step more nearly every day across the real world, across a world that is allowed to be as it is, because I've begun to recognize what had always prevented my recognizing myself as I am and you as you are. The basis for what he describes to me as illusion in the Course is my judgment, my belief in guilt, and my automatic trust and faith in what I believe is the justification for condemnation. All of that is undone if I really embrace the idea and long for where it wants to take me, this idea of full, unconditional, radical forgiveness, unblemished innocence as the truth right here and now and always of each of us, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Wow, Lee, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Lee? This is Ida. Well, I thought about something just a minute ago that when I thought about it before always used to make me feel that this is very 
bad, and it's worth all my condemnation. Yeah, in spite of the fact that uh, I studied this course a bunch of years before. But, um, and then I thought about it now. And I didn't feel that. That feeling was gone. I didn't feel like all happy, joyous, and free, but I didn't feel any guilt on my part or the other person's part. And I didn't or any other people that were involved, and I didn't feel any condemnation. So to me, that's a really good sign, a really good sign. Because I'm talking about the stuff that, you kind of stuff that nightmares are from. Anyway, but I'm okay. I'm fine. Anyway, it didn't directly happen to me. I have to say that. Thank you. I'm complete. Congratulations, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. I'm happy to announce we have almost uh, 20 of us on the call. So I'd love in this last 10 minutes if we could begin to hear, 10, 12 minutes, if we could begin to hear from some who have been silent. we just open it up. This is Carl. There's, um, you know, it's one thing to, to look at the acts of terror. Uh, and uh, we've certainly done a, a really wonderful job here of of describing how to to see the truth but there's also attack going on around the world against those terrorists and that is to be seen for for me I have to 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 see that as as uh, misguided activity as well um, and and hold the truth, just hold the truth overall, um, because the world, the, the governments of the world, uh, are reacting in a fearful manner through ego. And uh, I think it's important for me to to understand that 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 is a call for love as well. And, uh, you know, to just hold the truth uh, for all as this uh, this unfolds. Um, And not not to sit back and go, well, I'll just leave it at that, uh, to, to see the truth in everything, even as counterattack. Is, is being done, which is not, uh, which is just simply part of an ego reaction. I'm complete. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. This is Carl again. There's another thing I've been thinking about. So, so we sit, we, we, we observe what's going on and hold it, and just underst- we understand. Uh, that this this is part of of uh, it's not the truth. It's part of what's going on in in this uh, act of the play, if you will. And uh, so, you know, you could see. I, I say to myself, well, how how is this going to be resolved if if you know you have the world attacking and attacking and attacking back and forth and back and forth, and the you know, 
those of us that uh, around the world that can join in seeing the truth and join in love, that joining is so much more powerful than the joining of fear. Uh, and that's what will overcome. The joining of love will overcome anything. You know, any, any joining of fear is, is not powerful because it's all separation. It's all separation. So the joining of love is way, 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 way more powerful. And uh, I think that's the, the uh, that will end up being, as we know, the end result. Love will prevail. I'm complete. Wow. Thank you, Carl. Thanks, Carl. Uh, thank you, Carl. What for? That was a completely crazy idea. Well, let's try to dig Rob out. See if he'll come on and say something. Nope. No, 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 no. Good morning, Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi. Nice to see you, Rob. You guys, I'm going to go back to mute. You guys need to listen to Raj. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. You know, uh, this is Reverend Richard Joy. I had a real quick share. I think it's going to be quick. It's, um, I'm reading. It's called Lessons from the Light. It's by um, uh, Kenneth Ring, um, amazing uh, researcher over the past decades. And he, was, uh, he presented a, a woman's experience of enlightenment, really. It was just a beautiful experience. And she, what caught my eye was where she said, Horrific uh, uh, events on earth had an inner me- This is her experience. They had an inner meaning that humans with their limited and parochial understanding could never hope to fathom. You know, she had the experience of, of being uh, of not only intense, uh, unspeakable love, but she was that love. <laughs> she, there was no separation. I mean, she became that love. And she saw with the understanding, with the forgiveness that comes with that joining and closing the gap. There's just, oh. So she, she said, and then, then this other, just another uh, little uh, part that I was drawn to. She saw something. As I watched, I saw some shiny, clear object lift away from my body. It was obvious to me it was my ego. The moment my ego started lifting, my consciousness went back into my body and I felt distressed thinking, it's my ego, it's my ego, not wanting it to leave me. I felt like I had to have it or I wouldn't be alive. It pulled away from me anyway and in it I saw all the things I had done wrong in my life. I was stunned because I thought all that was part of me and simply couldn't be separated from me. I can't tell you how happy I was when it dawned on me that, quote, that was never me, unquote. That identity was never the real me. I began to realize I was okay without it and was, in fact, better off. It was sort of like taking a dusty old clogged up used filter off an air conditioner (laughs) vent and letting the air go through unhindered. And I need to tell you this happened a long time ago. She's not a core student, but this is decades ago. Only in this case, it was that pure, undiluted love going through me. I decided to relax and let the light pour all its magnificent energy into me. And believe it or not, I began to feel like I actually deserved it. (laughs) 
if this if, if there is such a thing as restoring a soul then that's exactly what happened to me because she felt so undeserving of this love that was pouring into her in her experience I don't know why I was just drawn to share that today uh, remember and I just want to say uh, in our in our reading where um, Okay, well, I'm going to release the floor, and uh, I think that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so you. much, Reverend Rija. Thanks, Reverend Rija. Thank you, Reverend Rija. This is Mary. That last paragraph has been speaking to me. Look on your brother with this hope in you, and you will understand he could not make an error that could change the truth in him. There is nothing that anyone that we can perceive doing that can change the truth. We are, I am, the Son of God. Nothing in this dream is not difficult to overlook mistakes that have been given no effects. But what you see as having power to make an idol of the Son of God, you will not pardon, for he has become to you a graven image and a sign of death. Is this your Savior? Is his father wrong about his son? Or have you been deceived in him who has been given you to heal for your salvation and deliverance? It all goes along with Reverend Pam's resolution for the year of seeing and knowing it isn't in my power, individual power of the idol, to see this, to see the truth, but to be willing to be willing to see the truth of who I am and who my brother is. And that is uh, forgiveness. That is my work here. That is what I came to do. And that is all that really matters to me. We are one. And I, I still dwell in that statement made, and I forget her name, a speaker, said, I am, my I am presence at one with the I am presence in all humanity. Thank you, I'm complete. Thank you, Mary. Really nice. Thank you, Mary. This is Carl. I'd like to read uh, something before we go into a closing and only take 30 seconds. I pulled this out of my favorites yesterday um, because it seemed... uh, I just wanted to read it for comfort and I'd like to share it with you. And I can't tell you where in the course it's from but you'll recognize it. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? I'm complete. Lesson 137, or 135 paragraph, somewhere 17, 18, or 19. (laughs) <laughs> thanks Bryce thanks Carl thanks Carl thanks Bryce wow thank you, thanks Carl. guys we are all geniuses <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a final comment I'd like to make tying this uh, reading into today's lesson um, today's uh, today's lesson is something on the order of all power is given me as a son of God that power I have is for me the power to release the world from the dream of judgment that I had laid upon it and to find by doing so my escape from that dream of terror.
into what he calls the world as it really is or the real world. A different world graces my sight as I escape the dream of judgment. And forgiveness is the avenue because forgiveness is the antidote to the guilt and condemnation that the ego believes defines the world. Lift that from the world and I, as the Holy Son of God, have the power to release the world to loveliness. Thanks, I'm complete. Yeah. That was beautiful, Lee. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Lee. Okay, Reverend Reger, are you ready to uh, lead us out with a prayer? Mm-hmm, I am. Thank you. And uh, just want to invite anyone and everyone. I want to mention that we had a wonderful, huge group yesterday, the biggest ever, uh, 22 people. And I mentioned that uh, that Monday's reading was spectacular in light of the occurrences, and I invited. And so I'm hoping that some of those 20 people are from our group in Omaha. And if you are, welcome. And uh, also, if there's anyone who would like to record um, a comment, uh, if we, if you have a real short comment, I, I would welcome that, and I'll just give that uh, a moment, and then uh, if not, then we'll go into a closing. So I'll just open the floor just for a moment. Does anyone have a share they would like to have on the recording? I have one comment. This is Rob. I really think that if... Um, any famous author in the world came back for a while for a book signing. Those people who love the author would move heaven and earth to get to be there and have him sign their book. When we talk about how we're not supposed to defend ourselves against terrorists, it's time to go and listen to what the author of the Course is saying. Because a defense is not always an attack. It is merely a place to point out that sharing cannot be done that way. I recommend you all get to the Northwest Foundation. That's my comment. Thank you, Rob. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. This is Reverend Rita Joy. I suggest that as well. I studied Raj for 15 years, and I think it's wonderful. If it resonates, you know, whatever resonates with you, then if it doesn't, put it down. Um, And Lee, do you think we're ready for a closing? Absolutely. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Okay. All right. Well, Bless you, Rob. Bless everyone here and everyone listening later and everyone. (laughs) We're all children of God, all completely innocent. We close our eyes now. We bring that awareness within. We join one another in this place of stillness, of unity, of oneness, of reality. We join in the only time there is. Now. It's always now. 
There's no other time. We're learning to justify forgiveness. It sounds ludicrous. He tells us, quote, anger is never justified. Anger has no foundation, unquote. If I think attack is justified, and yet I pardon the offense, I am seemingly, quote, overlooking what is really there, unquote. When I respond in this way by pardoning what I think has really happened, it is not true pardon. In this sense, pardon is inappropriate. Yet I learned today, quote, pardon is always justified, unquote. How can this be? This is so because I am, quote, not asked to offer pardon where attack is due and would be justified, unquote. I do not forgive the unforgivable nor overlook a real attack that calls for punishment, unquote. No. Instead, in the face of seeming attack, I am being asked to realize only forgiveness is the appropriate response. And that is seeing what is real in every situation. That is true pardon and the only appropriate response. Quote, you are merely asked to see forgiveness as the natural reaction to distress, which rests on error and thus calls for help. Forgiveness is the only sane response. It keeps your rights from being sacrificed. Unquote. What are my rights? <laughs> In Lesson 77, I read, quote, I will not trade miracles for grievances. I want only what belongs to me. God has established miracles as my right. Unquote. Therefore, my salvation and the salvation of the world does not come from inappropriate responses to what is real. Quote, it merely asks that you respond appropriately to what is not real. Unquote. Attack has no foundation and is not real. I am being asked to, quote, not perceive what has not occurred. Unquote. Nothing real can be threatened. If attack has no foundation, then forgiveness is, quote, quite real and fully justified, unquote. But what does it mean to say attack has no foundation? For attack to be real, there must first be separation. A part of all that is must see itself as separate from another facet of all that is, while each contain the whole and are one with each other. What insanity this is! to make this separation real and then think attack has any foundation in reality. It merely rests on error and thus a call for help. Quote, forgiveness is the only sane response. And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, as I look on my brother and all my brothers who are lashing out, inflicting pain one upon another, I hear your loving words within my heart. Quote, If you can see your brother merits pardon, you have learned forgiveness is your right as much as his. For it is the truth that you can merit neither more nor less than he. Unquote. I'm learning there is nothing my forgiveness cannot heal. 
And these are your words. You whisper to me, quote, look on your brother with the willingness to see him as he is. And do not keep a part of him outside your willingness that he be healed. To heal is to make whole. And what is whole can have no missing parts that have been kept outside. Forgiveness rests on recognizing this being glad there cannot be some forms of sickness which the miracle must lack the power to heal. You tell me, look on your brother with this hope in you. You will understand he could not make an error that could change the truth in him. Is his father wrong about his son? Or have you been deceived in him who has been given you to heal for your salvation and deliverance? You tell me, God's Son is perfect, or he cannot be God's Son. Nor will you know him if you think he does not merit the escape from guilt in all its forms and all its consequence. There is no way to think of him but this, if you would know the truth about yourself. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Richa. Thank you, Reverend Richa. That's beautiful. Thank you, everyone. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Thanks to all who shared, all who support us daily. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lee.